Hello and welcome to The Endpoint Zone, episode six with Brad Anderson. Brad, welcome back to the Channel 9 studio. Yeah, six already, really? Yeah, we're on episode six. Oh, kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah, we have been going for six months. Kind of cool. <laughs> kind of good that we're still popular enough yeah, to, uh, to keep going back. Um, today's episode, we're going to be talking about conditional access. Yeah. We're going to talk about Azure Remote App. We're also going to talk a little bit about Ignite. And we've got something else special coming up towards the very end of the show as well for you guys that we want to uh, give you the first dibs on, so to speak. But before we get there, you were off in, um, I think, the Midwest recently, yeah. visiting some customers. Yeah, I spent um, a few days in the Midwest. It was fantastic. I actually uh, um, you know, visited about a dozen customers, not one using you know, um, Intune or any of our enterprise mobility suite. And, uh, it was, it's, just, it's always fascinating to, to be able to just sit down and just soak in, in the customer's environment, what they're struggling with, what the challenges are, and really kind of look at what they're doing and how we can help. And so it was, it was a fantastic set of, set of visits. So I guess you got to see kind of like a, a lot of cobbled together point solutions yeah. for an enterprise mobility kind of approach that didn't really get there. That was probably presumably the reason you were going to go and visit them. They were presumably interested. Yeah, well, you know, the, 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 the genesis of the visit, I'm the exec sponsor for a couple of the, the larger companies out there, so I was out visiting them, but I you know, also just made sure I wanted to go out and, and just learn, right? Mm. And I think you saw the notes. I think I sent out it was like eight or nine pages yeah. of you know, small was font notes. It was, it, was, mm -hmm. it, was, it was an incredible learning experience. But one of the things that I definitely, definitely saw that I think uh, I actually came back and then wrote a blog post on it that posted up this week as well was um, I was really surprised at how many different products and services organizations have purchase and then are trying to, you know, they're trying to get them to all work and, and, and trying to get them to operate, interoperate. It was almost impossible. So, mm. you know, in account after account after account, I saw that they had deployed, you know, an MDM solution, a different solution for their secure email, a different solution for enterprise file and sync and being able to give access to files. And then in some cases, even another solution for doing identity management. And, mm. and I can remember just sitting there with these accounts and saying, so let's, let's just add it up. You know, just your license costs, what are you paying? You know, $25, $30 per user per month. And then looking at the, the operational cost, it was really quite mind-boggling. And, and so we had a chance to talk about this new thing called the Enterprise Client Suite, or the Enterprise Cloud Suite, I'm sorry. And the Enterprise Cloud Suite is just a simple you know, upgrade from your existing platform EA from a Microsoft perspective. And literally, in, in every one of these accounts that I visited, they could cut their cost down by more than two-thirds by going to the Enterprise Cloud Suite, in which they get Office 365, the Enterprise Mobility Suite, and a per-user license of Windows SA. Mm -hmm. A phenomenal, phenomenal deal. And, and not only is it just a great deal from a licensing perspective, but the work that we're doing to integrate that is really quite remarkable. And we're going to talk about conditional access. You know, conditional access in many ways is like the, the best example of this deep integration that we've done. And so it was case after case after case after I was able to understand what they're doing and what they're trying to solve and the problems that they're, that they're struggling with. We had a chance to sit down and talk about what this combination of the enterprise mobility suite and uh, an Office 365 is. And it's, you know, as an engineer, as, as an individual who builds products, it's just so rewarding when you see the, the eyes just kind of light up and they go like, man, that's exactly what we want to mm -hmm. get. We've been trying to get to that. Or, or I had no idea that this kind of a solution even existed. And, and literally, it was just, you know, hour after hour of that kind of a reaction. And of course, I came back just, you know, just pumped. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the notes that you shared were, were fabulous. And it was cool to see that kind of, kind of information. One of the things that these guys have, uh, have also said about Enterprise Cloud Suite for me is, when did Microsoft become the si most simple licensing solution <laughs> on not the market? Not something we've been known for, huh? Yeah, yeah, not something we've been known for. I guess that's one of those things we're changing the game. Yeah, and it's literally, I remember when we first started having the conversations about the Enterprise Cloud Suite, you know, last year, and it's just one of those things where, where when you're putting these concepts and these ideas together, you go like, wow, 
you know, we got we got something here that is that is valuable. It's easy to use. It's easy to consume. It's easy for organizations to acquire. It's it's a phenomenal thing. If if you haven't had a chance to look at it, go look at the Enterprise Cloud Suite. In fact, I just posted a blog on Wednesday of last mm -hmm. week that goes through the details of exactly what it is. And go go take a look at it. It's really a great great offer. I guess one of the things that you got a lot of feedback from uh, when you're out there talking to those guys was the same thing that I always get when I do an EBC or meet with anybody. Tell me your roadmap. Yeah. What's going on? What are you doing? Where are you going? Yeah. Here we well, go. We've got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that Microsoft did in January, and you know, these these endpoint zones were trying to kind of help the world understand what happened in the last mm -hmm. three days. Yeah. In January, I think Microsoft, you know, you could say finally got our act together in a couple of areas, but we actually have this website, and this website allows us to publish our roadmap for all the cloud services that we're building. You know, this is a struggle for us educating the world as well as the world trying to keep up on it. In the world when, when you had products and those products released every, you know, year or 18 months, you only had to worry about, you know, once a year, once every two years trying to, trying to understand all the new value that, that's been released. In a services model, the delivery is continuous. And what we do at the company is, you know, we're continually updating the services, but then once a month we kind of talk to the market about, hey, here's what has happened in the last month in our services. And customers really struggle with trying to keep up with that amount of change because, you know, the world is changing so rapidly. Yeah, and it's due to folks. It's a, it's a new thing for people to, to have to kind of understand this and to be able to get into this mindset. Because in the old world, well, everybody would release with a product number. Mm -hmm. And that's not the world of services that yeah. have been architected yeah. for the cloud. It's, it's interesting you bring that up. You know, um, I've been talking a lot with the industry lately about the architecture of, of what we're doing from an enterprise mobility management perspective and how it's a true cloud services. Mm -hmm. One of those telltale signals you know, that, that you can tell if a product is a cloud service or if it's a client server model from the last decade is if it has a version number. Yeah. And so if you talk about product X version Y, you know what? That's an old waterfall cloud or client server kind of a model. It's not a cloud service. Yeah. Look at Intune or Azure Active Directory. Is there a version number? Never. No, because it's continually being updated. Yeah. And so one of the things I would really press everybody to think about is in this world of mobility where the market is changing so darn fast and there's so much innovation coming up, you need to be based upon an infrastructure that is a cloud architecture, the SaaS app, that can be updated frequently. And you've seen us do that. We had an update in December and November and you know end of January. Probably did that, probably should say November, December, January, end of January. Yep. And you know, it's it's these frequent kinds of updates, the, the the ability for us to be able to modify and be able to change and adapt rapidly. That's what organizations need to base their future decisions on, not an architecture that, that's based upon you know kind of a waterfall me method and once every year you know or so getting new updates. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's it really is the future. And if you just scroll down a little bit on the uh, on the roadmap, yeah. one of the things that we get to see really quickly is the November, December, February updates of uh, of Intune. Um, yeah, and, and so what we've features. done here is, is on this website, we've actually have kind of put this into four categories. You can see here we have what's recently available, and that's where we're able to educate what's come, what's been released in the last couple of months. Yep. What's in public preview right now, what's in development that we haven't quite put into, uh, into public preview, but we want to tell the world that it's coming. And then in some of those cases where things have been canceled, this is super funny, whoever developed the yeah. site actually spelled canceled <laughs> wrong. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, if you go into there and actually have a look on that tab, there's nothing there. Well, because, you know, we haven't canceled anything. Well, but there are going to be cases where, we, we, where we've been working on something and maybe we, we had done it wrong or we found out that it wasn't as valuable. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you have a question about what's coming or what's been recently released, you come up to this website. And if you want to come up um, specifically to the one on the Enterprise Mobility Suite, the alias is AKA EMS 
aka EMS Roadmap. EMS Roadmap, yeah. thank you, e -A -A aka EMS Roadmap. And you can come take a look at here. So enterprise mobility, here are all the pieces that we're delivering in Azure Remote App and the different components of the enterprise mobility suite. Mm -hmm. You can click on public preview here and it'll give you the same kind of a view, but this will give you the view of what's actually in public preview right now across all the different components of the enterprise mobility suite. And then, you know, in the things that we're in development on that we want to make sure that you're aware of, same kind of a thing. These are things that are not available for you to be able to test and preview mm -hmm. yet, but you can see things like, you know, what's coming in Intune, Azure Active Directory, RMS. You know, some of the pieces that are coming in here over the next couple of months, you know, all the support for Windows 10 and, you know, I'm excited about Windows 10, you know. Yeah, um, me too. Uh, you know, my, 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 uh, my surface of running Windows 10 is actually a phenomenal operating system. We'll talk about mm -hmm. that in a minute. Um, you know, some additional conditional access capabilities, some additional MAM capabilities, and if you open those up, it'll give you a little more detail. Yeah, it does drive into it, that, that little extra bit of depth on, on what we're actually working on. It also includes things like um, we have released the updates for the Word, Excel, PowerPoint applications yeah. for Android. Yeah. Um, yeah, so specifically, if we were to come back here and recently uh, made available, and you go take a look at what was released, um, you know, at the it was, you know, end of January, 1st of February, um, you know, there are a number of things that were released. And so, first of all, we, we released the um, Office apps mm -hmm. for Android, for Word, Excel, PowerPoint, yep. that are all, you know, MAM-enabled to participate in the Intune containers, and so you can have that secure solution. We released the OneDrive for Business and the OneNote for iOS. Those are all now in the store, completely enabled to be managed by, yep. by Intune. Um, some of the conditional access capabilities, you know, for, for our services, we released the on-premises capabilities in late 2014. Um, you know, just a whole bunch of new capabilities. Uh, I think I forgot the, the Cisco per app VPN. But each of these releases, you know, November, December, February, these are just not like, you know, onesie twosie kind of things. Yeah. These are significant updates coming out to the service. Yeah, and other folks would have to take, you'd have to have downtime, you'd have to upgrade services, yeah. it'd be kind of weird. Yeah, and again, the cool thing there is those are just available day one. Yeah. I mean, those are just available on the service. People can use them immediately. Yeah. Go use them. So, you know, one, one thing I, I do want to just touch on that may be of interest, you know, here on the, uh, on the end development, we talk about, um, you know, here in the next little while, you'll see all the support for Windows 10 becoming available. You know, actually, over the weekend, we uh, we updated all of our internal SCCM infrastructures as well as the the pre-production Intune mm. with all the compatibility issues that we've seen from Windows. And I say all, but it's actually been very few. One of the things that I've been really happy with is we've been doing all the work and, and all the testing with uh, with the Windows 10 um, product. The Windows team has done a phenomenal job on compatibility. Literally, just a handful of issues mm. that we've had to you know do a couple of bug fixes for. And so we're ready here at Microsoft with our SCCM infrastructure, which manages hundreds of thousands of devices, and our Intune infrastructure to start rolling out Windows 10 across the entire company in a, in a very, very big way. Yeah, it's a, it is a phenomenal operating system. It's going to be pretty amazing uh, when we get to that point of actually mm -hmm. releasing it. And also, uh, on the Windows blog a couple of days ago, there was talk of Windows as a service and how Windows as a service is going to live and evolve. So um, I'd encourage you guys to go check that out as well. Uh, you were also, a second ago though, Brad, talking about the architecture yeah. and uh, conditional access. Mm -hmm. So let's have a think about architecture and conditional access and, yeah. and where all of that comes in. Actually, what, what, what conditional access looks like, right? Yeah. yeah, what is it? Yeah, so the concept here is organizations tell us this is the, the, uh, the scenario they want to do. Mm -hmm. Be able to separate corporate content from personal content, and especially we're seeing more in a BYO model actually legislation even dictating that you know corporations should not manage the device they should just be managing applications and data right mm -hmm. but separate corporate content from personal content allow the free sharing of the information across all the corporate applications but block the sharing with a corporate application to a consumer yeah. and then govern the access to data and to applications based upon conditional access rules so for example you may have a conditional access rule that says 
hey, I, I want my users to have email on their personal devices, but I only want email to flow down if the, app, if the device has a power on password, it's encrypted, and it's not jailbroken. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so what yeah. we've actually done, and in many ways, this is the, you know, the defining scenario of the integration across Azure Active Directory, Office 365, and Intune, you know, the Enterprise Mobility Suite, is how we actually have built uh, conditional access. So maybe let's take a look at it, and, yeah. and, and, oh, yeah. and, as, and as we're going through, the, through a demo, of it, we'll actually take a look at um, or talk about how it actually works. Yeah, phenomenal. Let's take a, uh, a quick look at how this actually comes about, how it works in practice, and uh, how conditional access can really help you to, I don't know, look after things inside of your organization and secure your data. All right, so put my eyes on here so I can actually see. You know, it's one of the things about getting old. Um, all right, so first of all, I've just got a standard iPad here, and what um, this iPad right now is it's an out-of-the-box iPad. I've not joined it or registered it with any registration service. There's not any email set up on it. Mm-hmm. So imagine I just pulled this out of the box for the first time, yep. and one of the first things I do is set up email. Yep. So let's go into settings here, and I'm going to come down to uh, you know to contacts and mail, add an account. I'm going to add an exchange account. Put my username in there as well as my password. Now. What's happening right now is, is, is literally is, is, is going up and it's you know, verifying my username and my password. And then what it's going to do is it's going to make a request to, um, it's going to make a request to exchange the back end mm-hmm. for email. Yep. Okay. And so what's going to happen here now, if I go back and I take a look inside of, of the account here and go into my, into my email, there's one email in the inbox. Nice. And if I click on that, it says, hey, you know, you're almost done. But what's happening here is the conditional access rules that Intune has defined are being um, honored by Exchange, the, the service, so, so by Exchange Online in, in Office 365. And, and Office 365 is saying, listen, we're not going to flow email down to the device until the device is compliant with the rules that IT has set up. And so that's going to walk me through this. And so this email basically says, hey, you're almost done there. Let's go just basically enroll your device with the service, and then we will go and uh, start to flow email. Mm-hmm. And so the way that you do that is you're actually going to do that by um, bringing down what's called the company portal. And the company portal quite is, is the solution that we use to then um, for organizations to be able to do things like deploy applications, manage your devices, wipe devices. Mm-hmm. It's also how you register the device. Yeah. So it's on, a, on an iOS device, it's the, it's the app, it's the portal. On, a, uh, on an Android device, it actually gets added in um, as a device administrator on the, uh, on the Android device. So it has all of the abilities that you might have with other device administrators on a uh, iOS on an Android device, and it therefore can uh, be seamlessly integrated into uh, into the life of an Android device. Yeah, and so what we're going to do here now is basically it comes up and say, hey, we just need to enroll your device, and it literally is just a couple clicks of the, of the or a touch of the finger here. There's just a couple of things that have to happen, and what literally is happening now is inside of Azure Active Directory, we are literally going out and creating a a a, a, a Let's uh, step back on that. I, What's happening right now is is what we're doing in Azure Active Directory is we are literally creating an object now in Azure Active, Active Directory for this device. And you saw what happened there is 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 the first thing it's asking me to do is it's asking me to install a management profile that you know has been set up in Intune, and this is the way that, that iOS works. And so. What's happening right now is it's managing down, it's, it's setting up this profile, it's bringing down the certificates, setting up all of the, uh, all of the things that need to be done in order for this device to be able to join the network, be a part of the solution that's downloading the certificates from the mm-hmm. Apple Push Network, from our, from our certificate authority as well. And just like that, we're done. Okay, and so now the device has actually been registered. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, and so the device now is managed from an interim perspective. And what's happening as well is all the policies that have been set up by IT are now being applied to the device as well. And this also means that inside of the Azure Active Directory portal, I can now see the device. That's right. Assigned to a very specific user, the person that enrolled the device. And that gives me that little extra bit of auditing, it gives me that extra bit of information. But also, that starts to surface itself through the Azure AD reporting. So I start to see when, where people are using their devices right. from, which That's is right. a, a super useful place. And here I can take a look. You know, I can see my device. If I wanted to remove it or reset it, this is where an end user can actually wipe their own device if they want to do that. And this has actually happened to me. I've lost a device, and I can wipe any device from within exactly. the portal. Exactly. So you, you can see that I can see all my devices, and, 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 and I can manage them all from here. Now what's cool, if I come back and I go back into email, what's going to happen now is, is, and we'll just kind of watch for this to happen, What's happening on the back end now is Intune has actually gone and written a couple of attributes on this item inside of Azure Active Directory. So it's written, first of all, that the device is known, it's registered, and it's managed. Mm -hmm. And second, it's actually gone and done the, the, the application of the different profiles, the settings, and it's now written into Azure Active Directory that the device is compliant. Mm -hmm. What's happening on the back end now is Exchange on a regular basis is going back. And you think about it, every time you bring up your email or the, 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 the application makes a request for email to the service, the back-end service is actually going and checking these two attributes in Azure Active Directory. Is the device managed and is it compliant? And once, the, once Exchange sees that the device is compliant, all the email is going to flow down to the device because the conditional, the conditional access rules have been met. Yeah, so it actually does give you that real granularity over you might not want to put everything in place. You might actually decide that you don't care about somebody jailbreaking your device. Mm -hmm. You really probably ought to be caring about people jailbreaking a device, by the way. But let's not go there. You can actually say, yes, that needs to be in place. The device has to have been registered with the organization. All of those things have to be there in order for this person to then start to receive their mail and start to be able to move through the rest of the workflow. For me, this is actually really pertinent and really important because back when I was one of you guys and I was working out inside of IT, I used to be responsible for making the relationships with parts of the business work. And I used to do something slightly naughty. When somebody brought in a, uh, an iOS device for the first time, or their own personal device, and we had no BYOD policy, I'd just kind of let them know what the details were for the Exchange server. They'd add the server in, and they'd be super happy. That meant that I could then, I don't know, do whatever the business was that we needed to do inside of IT at the time, and it kept things, uh, kept things kind of running. And I'm guessing that something very similar um, has happened to you guys. You've probably been uh, the proponent of something uh, very similar to that inside of your own organizations as well if not with your consumer's devices, possibly with your own device. So there's a ton of ways that this can um, actually be kind of very useful for you for uh, protecting that conditional access. So we've got a device registered. Yeah, and, so my, uh, the, the device is registered. It's gone through the process. And literally now it looks like it's got an email yep. from you. Okay. okay. Yep. You know, literally, so what's happening yep. now is, is, is the rules have all been uh, honored. Yep. The device is compliant with what IT policies have set, and the Exchange backend service is now sending email down to the device because the device is compliant. Th this architecture is different than anything else in the industry. Mm. You know, and and, and I, I, I wrote a blog about this also two weeks ago, and I, and, I, and, and I wanted to contrast how different our architecture is in this cloud-first world as opposed to how others have architected their products. And so you know, in a world like, like what we were just doing, if I was sitting at home and I got my iPad, I'm not coming back into the corporate network. I'm just talking directly to Exchange Online or SharePoint Online. Yeah. 
And so the way that we've architected our product is it doesn't have to come back through the company, back through a VPN or back through some kind of a gateway that sits at the edge, because the devices want to talk directly to the service. And so we've actually architected ours in a way where it's all keys off of these, act these Azure Active Directory attributes, and the services then check those attributes before it sends any kind of email or any kind of content down. That's how we do SharePoint. That's how we do Exchange. Now, to contrast that, the other EMM solutions that exist out there who have built MAM capabilities, they require you to go back through gateways mm -hmm. that you have to deploy at the edge of your network. Yeah, okay? and that's, that's super important, particularly when it expands beyond email to things like storage. So with OneDrive, yeah. we've got OneDrive for Business, that has conditional access. Any SaaS app. I mean, yeah. Effectively, these, these, these other MDM, MAM solutions don't work for conditional access in a cloud world because in a cloud world, the device is communicating directly with the service. And because it doesn't pass back through their gateways at the edge of the network, there's no way for them yeah. to enforce conditional access policies. Yeah, they just they they reliance on a VPN connection. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so again, it's one of those those, those um, examples of architecture really matters. Yeah. Okay. It, it conditional really... access actually is one of the coolest things that I think that we've developed in terms of of what we're doing in terms of mobility. Because mm -hmm. every organization that we talk to wants to govern access to their devices and to applications based upon conditional access policies. It's just, it's very common. Yeah, it's a, it's a super cool thing to be doing. One of the other things that was on the roadmap that I noticed was, um, uh, was some Azure Remote App changes. Yeah, yeah, so Azure Remote App, it's been a lot of fun you know, to see that start to get embraced. And it's, it's one of the things, every morning when I come into work, the first thing I do is I pull open the dashboards that show us what's happening with Intune, what's happening with Azure Active Directory Premium, what's happening with Azure Remote App. And I think that you actually have done some work with my team in terms of Azure Remote App. Yeah, so I was talking to um, Eric Orman, who's uh, one of the program managers, um, who was um, looking at how we get uh, Azure Remote App working with third-party software. Mm -hmm. uh, and in this case, he was actually looking at um, how we get Remote App to work with um, some accounting software. And I actually did an edge show with him, which you guys can watch. I'll make sure we've got a link down below, which will kind of take you through that entire process. It's kind of fascinating, the, uh, the kind of, well, things that we can do to mobilize an application. Yeah. On Azure Remote App. I'll show you a couple, of, a couple of interesting scenarios that we're seeing organizations, how they're using Azure Remote App. One, we're seeing a lot of use in, in education, mm. where you've got labs, you've got students coming in and sitting down in the labs for an hour at a time, you know, a couple times a week. They're taking advantage of Azure Remote App because for them it's a very economical way to do it. They don't have to build out any infrastructure. It runs up in the cloud and essentially you're just paying for what you're using. That's, yeah. that's one scenario. Another really interesting scenario that we've seen is organizations wanting to deploy down the, this, this kind of um, long tail of Windows apps that they've built internally for the last 10 or 15 years yeah. down to iPads and down to Android devices. And so it's just a very easy way that allows you to basically take that inventory of Windows apps and, and make them available on all your different devices. That's been the second one. Third one actually has been something specific to Office. We've seen a bunch of organizations who, uh, who are, are wanting to deliver that great uh, Outlook experience today down, mm -hmm. or you know, Access, or Visio, those kinds of pieces. And now with us being able to host those up in the cloud, they can actually have on an iPad or on an Android device, Visio and Access, and really the whole entire suite of Office and make that all available on, on one device. It's been a very, very common use case. Yeah, and we've made it really, really easy. Yeah, uh, I love to it. Actually the team did a great job. Deploy that. So, uh, so very, very cool stuff. Um, what are we looking forward to? What's going on next? What's mm -hmm. the next thing in terms of uh, what's happening out there? Uh, well, the biggest thing I think that everyone at Microsoft is working on is obviously preparing for Build mm -hmm. and for Ignite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, Build really kind of a conference targeted towards developers and Ignite much more towards IT professionals, but also, uh, you know, a, a, a track that's been developed specifically for developers, but developers that are working inside of the business. Yeah. Okay, that's the yeah. way I kind of think about it. 
Uh, and, you know, wow, uh, this is going to be a huge event for us. It's a first for us. It's the first time we've pulled all of what was different events together into one. So, again, bringing together what was TechEd, the Microsoft Management Summit, the SharePoint Conference, the Exchange Conference, bringing that all together in one event. Um, it's it's going to be... It's going to be big, and it's going to be pretty cool for you as well because you are keynoting. I keep yeah. seeing your face on the uh, on the website on uh, ignite.microsoft.com, which is where you guys can go and register for the event. So uh, yeah, and give you maybe you know maybe give you a little more insights into that. So you know, on day one, Satya will kick it off and he'll give a keynote to start off the uh, the event, and then I'll directly follow Satya. I'll be talking about enterprise mobility and cloud, you know, private cloud investments, what we're also doing in the public cloud. And, you know, then there'll be, you know, just a, a number of VPs that'll be going through the different aspects of the business and how they integrate and how they all come together. A lot of views for many people for the first time into Windows 10. We actually just allocated three additional classes yesterday mm -hmm. for SCCM and Windows 10 and how SCCM is going to be managing Windows 10. And some of the interesting things that we'll be doing from the servicing model and those aspects. You know, I think all 600 classes are up on the website right now that people can register and, and, and register for their classes, sign up for the classes. And you know, they're going to fill it fast. And so I would encourage people to get you know, signed up today and get, get your classes signed up. Some of these classes are going to be very popular. And you know you, you don't want to you don't want to be be left out of it. Yeah, and purely from a practical point of view, the most popular what we do with this information, the most popular classes, actually we move them into bigger rooms yep. based on who's signed up mm -hmm. in advance. So yeah, even, in the, even in the keynote rooms. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's yeah. going to be a couple of keynote rooms probably. So it's a it's going to be a pretty uh, pretty huge event. Uh, I'm running a pre day, which is going to mm -hmm. be kind of cool. Um, Windows 10 with uh, with enterprise mobility. That's going to be pretty interesting for folks, I think, out there. Um, should be an awesome, key, uh, an awesome pre-day. So you're going to need to sign up for that pre-day as well. Um, lots of unique content in there that you won't find anywhere else at Ignite, or in fact, anywhere else at any other conferences at this yeah. point. It's, it's, it's going to be great. So we're all working towards Ignite. You know, we're, we're you know, believe me, I'm up to my arms in, in working through the keynote and how that's going to be, and you know, we're going to have some fun with it. There's some fun things that we're that we kind of have on, uh, you know, plan for the keynote. So they're normally pretty good. They normally yeah. involve something, something pretty. Cool, like a car coming onto stage. I don't know if we'll ever do that again. Awesome. That, that was pretty darn cool. Yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> um, also coming up, we've uh, I said at the beginning we would uh, give you a little bit of a teaser of something which is coming. So I wanted to make sure that you guys uh, got the opportunity to do this really early on. Um, we're actually running a, a series of uh, enterprise mobility core skills jump starts, mm -hmm. and you're coming in. You're going to mm -hmm. give us the uh, the keynote for each one of those. They are going to be really kind of cool. We're going to get inside of um, this core skills that you guys need in order to be able to go and use enterprise mobility, but not just for the sake of being able to use enterprise mobility, but for the sake of being able to secure your careers for the future. This is going beyond the fundamentals. It's the real stuff that you guys need to need to know about the technology that we're coming out with. And obviously, they're going to be a, a pretty interesting uh, set of things. We can't talk too much about the. Uh, the exact details, but if you take a look inside the show notes, you'll find a link where you guys can go register for those events. Yeah, that's going to be cool. Yeah. They're going to be cool. So, so uh, I think that takes us to the end of, uh, of the month and uh, everything uh, that we have inside of here. Uh, I think the only other thing um, uh, next, by the time we do this show again, uh, I think you're going to have uh, got an extra member of the family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, March 14th, Pi Day, my, uh, my second daughter gets married, so this will be the second time we've... Uh, married off a daughter. So that's kind of an interesting transition to go through as a father. But So my house is absolute chaos. I mean, it's just like wedding planning, and that's 24 by 7. Yeah, I can imagine it's, it's pretty crazy over there. We better awesome. let you get back to doing that uh, <laughs> right now. So thank you guys for watching. Uh, check out all the details inside of the show notes, and join us for Episode 7 uh, in about a month or so's time.